0: on this episode of the Talent Cast, optimizing your jobs for search engines, worrying about what your homepage looks like, in Google Jobs. It's uh, solving the wrong problem. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. We're here to talk about employer branding and talent acquisition, talent recruitment marketing, at some fairly deep levels. We're not here to pitch books. We're not here to pitch software. This is a 100% pitch-free zone. We're here to go back to first principles and really think through what it's going to take for you to be better and employer brand talent acquisition for you to win the war for talent. Yes, that's a bad metaphor. Yes, people shouldn't say it. Yes, it's also my Twitter handle, so I can't help you. This will not be your standard podcast. This will be a little goofy, a little weird, a little bit of me. Hopefully, you're going to learn something from it. If you like it, please tell people. Uh, If you like it a lot, review us on iTunes and Google Play. Otherwise, you can hear learn more about us or talk to us directly on Twitter again at the war for talent or just go to our website, thetalentcast.com. So that having been said, here's the show. Hey, how you doing, James Ellis? Welcome back after our unscheduled hiatus last week, i.e., I got real sick and no one wants to hear my voice. Right now it feels like there is a kazoo somewhere lodged in my throat, a very small kazoo. It might be a child's kazoo and not I don't know if there are professional kazoos out there, um, a you know, league tournament style size kazoos, but it's lodged in my throat and I can hear this little rustling thing. And I wonder if you can too, and I hope you don't. <laughs> but regardless, we are caffeinated up. I've got another cup of coffee right next to me and I'm ready to talk. And I want to start with, um, I want to I meet the job seeker. I really do. I want to meet the job seeker who, and please feel free to connect me who says, yeah, I know Indeed exists, I know LinkedIn exists, I know Glassdoor exists, I'm going to start my job search on Google. Right? I'm, I'm going to start on the world's biggest search engine for everything, the Swiss army knife of search, and say, I'm going to focus on jobs. And I'm going to type in, this is my favorite part because this is the example people use a lot, um, Boston nursing jobs. Is, is, is that? Does that person exist? Does that person really, truly exist? Um... I ask because I used to sell that service to some extent a long time ago. Um, you know, I talked about the need of people Google jobs, and they say, you know, look if you go to if you go to you go to Boston, and you, let's skip the job part. You go to Boston, and you need to find a restaurant. You do not Google food, and everything. These are you know the, the argument against trying to rank for the word jobs or nursing jobs or uh, cloud DevOps jobs. Um, you know, you, you don't search for food. You search North Boston, North, uh, Italian, Southern Italian food, free parking, um, five star, four star, something like that, right? You search for something specific. You do that kind of search. And that's what Google's great at. Right? What's the, the data? Was, a couple of years ago, the data was 50% of all searches have never been done before. And that number's dropped quite a bit. Uh, but it means that people are getting more complex and complicated with their search and they learn how to very do very very complicated strings maybe not boolean per se but certainly very very long complicated strings if you look in your own search history and I won't peek over your shoulder to see exactly what that is because that's just horrible um you'll notice your search strings are pretty long they're five and six and seven and eight words long some of them are in quotes these are very complicated searches I don't think people use Google however to search for jobs however all over the news this week has been Google getting into the job search game now I don't think that Google said to itself, there's a problem with job search. People just don't know that jobs exist. People just don't know how to find the jobs. People don't know that Indeed and LinkedIn and Glassdoor and all these other places exist. They don't understand that Indeed is literally paid to do nothing but scrape every single website it can find with jobs and scrape the jobs and show you jobs from every other niche job board, from every other career site. It's literally paid to bring you jobs. Google said, I don't know that people know that exists. Let's help them, of course, that's not true. Is more remotely true? A quick, simple search of how Google how Indian works will show that indeed gets a boat ton of traffic. People know how to f- use it. It's the number one search engine, whether it's good or bad is not material here. It's just the number one, and that's the value is in the size it's. You know, if if you have a network of two people and you have a network of 200 people, the network of 200 people is more valuable. Not because they're smarter or better, because statistically they just know more because there's more people, there's more connections, there's more, more ways of accessing that value. A network of two people is not as valuable, even if they are geniuses, they simply don't know as much. That's how it works. That's why a job board that has, you know, five jobs versus a job board with five million jobs, guess which one's more important? it's not that it's a better site it's just that the sheer size is the value right that's why indeed is indeed that's why it bought up simply hired and closed it down or whatever it did that's why it you know it's trying to swallow up as much of this traffic as much of these jobs as possible that's why they get very 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 serious about scraping career sites to find every job they're doing effectively what google did uh i guess coming on 20 years ago now yeah pretty close back when it was it designed spiders that did nothing but go from link to link to link to find every single website to index it to show you uh, what the web was. Yeah, it was about 20 years ago, wasn't it? Wow, man, it's a long time. They're doing it the exact same thing. They're just trying to spider the site. So for Google to come in and say, well, the problem is people can't find jobs and we're going to solve that providing some sort of job searching tool is crazy. Now I have recently looked for a job. I don't think that's a shock. I don't think that's a surprise. I haven't really talked about it, but whatever. I don't think I have anyway. Um, But I can tell you that there is no problem finding jobs. In fact, any number of sites will push jobs at me. (laughs) Any number of places will tell me every week, every day, every month, hey, we've got a job, hey, we got a job, hey, we found a job. They push it out to you. They make it very, very clear that they have these jobs. So I have to wonder, what problem is Google solving? And the answer is it's not solving a problem. Well, not really. Not a problem you and I have. Not a problem human beings have. They have solving a problem Google might have. They might be saying, well, gosh, we've got all these search geniuses and these uh, algorithms and all this processing power and we're really good at scraping and searching. Why don't we just apply that to an industry in which scraping and searching for jobs is kind of a big deal? We'll call it the job network. No one's begging for Google to jump into this. Certainly not Indeed. Certainly not the other job major job boards. Um, but Google said, look, we're good at this. This is an easy win for us. This is so simple for us to do. We just make some minor tweaks to the algorithm, make a couple pages, mock out some search engine results, and it will do exactly what every other job board does, and that is send you to where the jobs are. Because apparently you can't find them. Whatever. I'm going to segue. What? Yeah, that's right, I am. I'm going to segue to homepage design has anybody done redesign their website lately has anybody really rethought their career site lately has anyone really sketched out on the back of a napkin or a legal pad or maybe even popped open a copy of photoshop or even you know looked at other sites and said oh wow that company has a great career site i wish we could steal some good ideas from them you done that lately you probably have i mean i think most career sites If they don't get updated every three to four years, people think about it. I mean, let's be fair, a website that's four years old looks really old, it's really dated looking. Hold on, coffee time. Mm. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, You need to kind of keep it fresh. And, and, And while I've done any number of web design projects, big and small, everybody's feeling is, let's come up with a design that's timeless let's come up with a design that's modular so we can swap stuff out we don't have to go back to the drawing board every three to four years and as much as we think we're, that's what we're doing every three to four years you go back to the drawing board and say okay clean sheet of paper here we go now in the process of redesigning your home page you probably go through what I've gone through in many other sites and is that's the political fight of what's on the home page and what does the home page look like not what the logo is and not what the tagline is but which department which team has the most real estate on the home page right? they worry about What's the messaging? About? What's the picture? What's the hero image? What's the uh, color of the banner, the sub-banner? Not the the regular banner. You know what it is. It probably looks like the logo. But once you get beyond that, how much do you abide by marketing's brand standards? And how many? How much do you get to wiggle around with your own brand standards, your employer brand standards? And how much do you get to make decisions on what images and what? links and do you link to all your social networks and which social networks and you know where are your where's your content live and how does the content connect you have a million decisions right it's a standard web design project It's fraught with a million wonderful weird crazy decisions and the problem is well what problem are you solving the problem is, is you're saying this site looks dated I'm changing it well okay valid concern but um, who's going to your website right Are you saying people looking for your jobs are going to your website? Because I'm going to tell you right now, chances are they're not. If you look at your analytic traffic, I bet a small fraction of your traffic is coming through your homepage. Unless you are a massive, massive, massive Google, Facebook type company, nobody is coming to your site to look for jobs. What they're doing is they're coming in through job boards and they're coming in from referral systems and they're coming in from maybe even social networks, whatever. They're coming in from other places and where are they landing? The job. Not the ATS job, unless that's what you're doing, in which case, yikes. But they're landing on the web version of that job. They're bypassing the homepage altogether. So what? Well, if we watch the design process of you redesigning the homepage, what percentage of your time is ending up in meetings arguing and discussing what's on the homepage relative to what's on the job page? Like about 20 times more thought goes into the the homepage, which is a page that no one sees because they go straight to the job page and they never look at the homepage? They're solving the wrong problem. You're focused on, I want it to look pretty, but for whom? The job seeker who never sees it? Well then you're not, they don't, you are not. don't have a problem. What you're solving is, is your own ego or your, your concern that your boss may think you're not doing enough work um, or the company saying, hey, the website needs to get redesigned because it looks old. No one will see it. It doesn't matter. You're solving the wrong problem. You're not worried about things that matter. You're worrying about you know ego and what it looks like and perception and political internal politics and blah 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 none of which gets better people to apply i have yet to have someone really show me that a focus on search engine optimization from a job standpoint actually increases traffic or applications to a job yeah I segued. I didn't tell you but you're smart you figured that out you walked right along this path with me there was a pause and you went oh he's doing something different okay yes yeah, so here we are search engine optimization that is making your site look really really good and understood for let's be fair just Google yeah Bing sure is there I guess if you say so um, but if you do it for Google you're doing it for Bing so who the hell cares how much of your traffic is really coming from people searching in Google for your kinds of jobs no no go ahead go to your Google Analytics or your traffic tools and find out It's not much. It's really, really not much. Why? Because everybody knows about Indeed and LinkedIn, Glassdoor, and all the other job search tools. Everybody knows how to find a job, and the search isn't Google. The search are job tools. And yet, there are plenty of places who continue to sell you SEO products. The worst part of SEO products, for my money, is that what they're selling you isn't actually optimization. Optimization implies that not only you are getting better, but you're getting better towards a perfect perfectible point you're at an optimum level of searchableness which is crazy because the 18 20 25 million companies who are all doing effectively the same thing you know how do you rank among 18 million companies not everybody can be on the first page you can't you just can't certainly not for jobs certainly not for cloud dev op jobs certainly not for cloud dev op um san francisco jobs or palo alto jobs or valley jobs you can't there's only 10 slots you can't have them, not everybody can have them. So you can't truly optimize for everybody. And what happens is instead, what companies tend to sell, and it's not specifically to recruiting, but I think a lot of search engine companies, they sell you tool sets that at a press of a button optimize your site. And what they're doing is they've they figured out what can be automated. Hey, your images need alt tags. Hey, your headline doesn't use the same keyword as the body text, as the um, URL. Things that it can automate, it will control it will say, hey, you've got a problem, you need to fix this, this. And that's true. Those are things that Google cares about. When it comes to ranking your site, it wants to understand what your page is all about. And you do that by telling it via the content inside the site. And you do that by putting similar keywords in your title, your URL, your um, H1, your H2, your body text, your alt images, whatever. Links to it, links from it. That's how you tell Google what your site's all about. I'm gonna cough now, excuse me. this is what you missed last week this kind of coughing but 24-7 so you're welcome Uh, the only reason we do these things and we know these things about Google is because these are the easy to automated solutions of the 200 roughly 200 factors that determine why you rank at a certain level why you rank number one or number one trillion uh, the automated stuff i.e. the easy stuff to do is not the stuff that matters most. People have the Google is a black box, but people have figured out how to uh, reverse engineer it to get a good sense that of the roughly 200 factors, the things that matter most are not your alt tags, are not your h1 tags, are not your title tags. Yes, that helps in the same way that if I wanted to lose weight, I should probably shave. I guess that kind of helps, but it's not really moving the needle, kids. It really isn't. You know what matters? Getting someone who is semi-famous or influential in the space, who gets a lot of traffic and has a high Google ranking, to link to you in a way that doesn't look like spam. How do you make that happen? You call them. You build a relationship with them. You email them. You connect with them on LinkedIn. You have a good conversation on Twitter. You make them a fan of yours. To the point where when you say, hey, would you mind linking to me? They don't go, oh, damn. This is just a transaction, isn't it? And they go, oh yeah, that makes sense. I get who you are, you get who I am. Yeah, it makes sense for me to link to you. And that takes time. Hell, it takes energy and you know effort. These things are not automatable. You cannot automate those relationships. A topic I believe we've covered here a little bit, and we might do a little bit more here too. You can't automate these things, but the fact that someone has figured out how to automate some stuff, that's what they sell, because that's what they can scale, and that's what they can push. Does it actually impact? No. You can't automate that relationship that leads to someone putting a link to their site and actually helping you increase your SEO value. And then frankly, even if you get 20 people to do that and you double your SEO traffic, or have you just doubled 5% of your traffic? Well, that might might be nice, but have you cannibalized from other traffic? The people who would have normally found you on Indeed, and LinkedIn, and Glassdoor, now they're finding you on Glassdoor on, on Google because you spent a lot of time and money getting there through Google. How is that better? How is that solving a problem? It's not. It's really, really not. And there are a lot of tools that help you automate these things and automate these relationships. You know, And, I, and I'm a big fan of some of their thinking, not necessarily of all their implementation. I'm thinking, for example, of automated marketing, meaning You sign up for an ebook. it asks for a couple pieces of information, it creates a record and and a CRM, and every time you come back, it knows who you are, it knows what you're about, and it offers you related products, or it offers you stuff that you care about. If you get a book about how to build good content in a short amount of time, the next book will not be plumbing for beginners. It will be advanced content marketing on a shoestring budget and they will know what you're all about. And the next time they offer you a book, they will ask you more questions to fine-tune that knowledge about you. And that's fantastic. And I love that. I would love it if I do not get ads that don't mean anything to me. I want ads that mean something. They're useful, that presume that they understand who I am. They have enough information. If you don't think the world of, of advertising has all the information on you, you are a fool. Oh my goodness, they know everything about you. You know, Target connects your credit card to your buying history to, you know, and has found a way to connect it to you know, buying habits on one line. Google's doing it too. They know everything you do. And they connect demographic data, psychographic data, payment data, all of it. They know everything about you. And yet you still get crap ads. What the hell is that about? I mean, really, what the hell is that about? What that is is they're solving the wrong problem. They spend all this time collecting the data, and they haven't thought about how do we use the data? How do we do it to solve a problem? No, they figured out. Instead, we got all this data. We're going to figure out a way to scale and mass produce relationships. Why? That's crazy. You don't want to sell a million things. You want to sell one thing at a time. That's life. People don't buy houses on the. You know, look. Uh, Trulia and 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 Redfin and all these other real estate companies they are very interesting and they solve a problem they work great but at no point is there a buy button on them because you need a real estate agent or a an agent of some sort a lawyer someone who's looking out for your best interest and because the process of buying is so complicated it takes forever if a realtor sold five houses in one day their head would explode The work involved in getting to that point, I mean, yes, that's a lot of money and that's fantastic, but it's not maintainable. You can't do that. It's insane. You have to build one on one relationships. What we have to do is use the, you know, smart people use those automated tools to collect information passively. So when the time comes for them to have a one on one conversation with you, they know a lot about you and aren't asking you stupid questions and they're leading you in the right direction. They're still having that conversation, that non-scalable conversation, but now it's four steps ahead than it would be if they came in cold. You know, it's like these companies that say, Okay, you call them up, like let's say it's a credit card company, and you call them up and they make you plug in your credit card number, they say thank you, are you confirmed, or is the last digits, blah 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 blah, and you say yes, one hash, yes, that's true. And they put you on hold and and the person picks up and says, "And that person immediately says, can you please tell me your credit card number? Well then why the hell did I put it in the first place? What are you doing with this data? How are you not connecting these dots? What problem exactly are you think you're solving by forcing me to plug in my credit card early on? That's nuts! And that's the real problem here. We're solving so many of the wrong problems in recruiting because we've focused on the problems that are either easy to solve or scalable to solve or we know how to solve and not actually focusing on what matters. It's the story of the guy walking down the street and his friend. it's the middle of the night and his friend Bob is on his hands and knees by the light pole, a pool of light around him. And Bob goes, what's going on? And the guy's on the hands and knees says, oh, I lost my keys. And Bob says, oh, you lost your keys here under the streetlight? He goes, no, I lost my keys about 50 feet that way in the darkness, but the light's better here. You're solving the wrong problem. You're you're in the place where it's easier to do the work, so therefore you're going to do the work as if the effort helps. Here's another one. Look, there are plenty of industries in which people actually search for jobs on Facebook. I think. I haven't seen the data. I think that there are probably people for whom, they don't have a laptop, they do all their work on their phone, that Facebook is trying to tap into the job community. So if you put your jobs on Facebook on your Facebook page, does that help you? How does that help you? You can pay a company, you can pay lots of companies, to push your jobs onto Facebook. Does anybody see them? Does anybody click on them? Are they the right people to apply? The fact that they get seen by a, a trillion people? Does that actually turn into talented people applying for the job and getting hired? What problem are you solving? What you're doing is you're creating a lot more heat than light. You're creating a lot of action without any outcome. Now if you can find a way to make that work, do it, yes. Please, that is the smart play. But if you don't know, and you're just doing it because you think you're supposed to, because your boss says we need to get into social, or our Facebook audience is huge for some reason, we need to tap into it, and we've decided that spamming the hell out of them with jobs that they don't care about is the best way to do that, I guess, go for it. We're solving the wrong problems on so many levels. On so many levels. Our ATSs are optimized for some sort of process that doesn't make any sense. Look, right now, if... um, Johnny Ives the guy who designs all the, all the iPhones and iPods and you, you, you know, he walks up to you at a party and you need a head designer a head industrial designer and let's be fair at this point Johnny Ives is probably top four I'm pick, making a number it could be ten it could be two who knows it's Johnny Ives it's Johnny Ives he, you know, the, pe- designers fall to their knees when they think about the camphor design on the, on the iPhone 4 they can't believe it the guy is a, a, a walking deity you need an industrial designer a really good one that's what's going to help your company you run into johnny ives at a party johnny says oh i'm actually looking for a new challenge i i have no information about this this is not true this is completely hypothetical i don't believe johnny ives will ever leave apple that's where my money goes but let's pretend let's play a little game he says i'm looking for a new challenge what do you do do you say great here's my card our career sites on the back just go and apply I swear, if you do, they should fire you on the spot. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Of course not, it's Johnny Ives. You send him a gift basket that day. You tell him, hey, look, don't even send me a resume. I've read all your articles on Forbes and Inc., and I'm on your LinkedIn. I know who you are. I know what you're all about. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if this fits. Send him a plane ticket. Make it happen. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's recruiting. That's what recruiting is. It's not about how many people can you spam with, hey, do you know anybody who needs is a junior designer for the thing? No. It's not how it works. It's not anymore. Not anymore. Maybe it was six years ago when everybody was terrified of the economy, but not so much anymore. Now everybody knows that there's lots of jobs out there at the moment. Politics are weird. Hold on. Coffee time. Hey, uh, just interrupting myself for just a second just to remind you that because this podcast has made me extraordinarily wealthy, there's really nothing you can do. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to make any commercials or anything. You do not have to donate anything at all to keep this podcast going. Again, wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you all. I appreciate it. All you can do to help me make this podcast even better somehow is to review us on iTunes and Google Play and other places that you review and share podcast information. That's all you got to do. Leave some stars, leave a review, whatever you got to do. We really appreciate it. It's what keeps us going. Thanks to the people who have done it already, but keep them coming. We really do, like I said, we really do appreciate that. That's all I had to say. Again, I want to stop interrupting myself to bring you the amazing voices of me. Bye. Good coffee. It's a mixture of cinnamon and Mexican Chiapas. It's a fantastic mixture. fantastic blend. You're welcome. That's the problem with recruiting these days is that we're solving the wrong problem. We're not focused on problems that matter. You know what problems matter? Truly embracing a brand that matters. And when I say a brand, I do not mean the logo. I do not mean the tagline. I do not mean the clever little snippet of text and or video that you all rally behind because it's cool. I mean what your company stands for. Because truly, Truly, let me do that one more time, truly, that's a microphone joke, truly, there are so few companies that understand what their employer brand is, not what they think it is, but what it really is, they know how to build it up and augment it, how to point it at every single problem and get the most value out of it. Why? because most companies were more focused on okay marketing teams just going to come up m- mock up a logo and here we go and that's our employer brand because that's what our CEO said it was or that's what our head of our CHRO person said or that's what a, a consulting company said no you you know what your your real brand is it's why people show up to work every day what's the why and there's a a pretty serious cottage industry springing up around the concept of knowing and embracing the why. I I I think we can blame Simon Sinek for that, which I think is a good thing. Um, You gotta know the why. You gotta know why you do the thing. Why did Google start a jobs site? It's certainly a very different why than why did they start a search engine. It's probably a different why than why they started a Maps uh, website or why they focused on spending a lot of money on autonomous cars. What's the why? what's the why about why people work there and the problem with embracing the why is because it's not the wrong problem it's the absolute right problem it is the 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 solution from which all these other amazing solutions can stem it's a way of differentiating you from your competitors and from frankly anybody because let's be fair if you're a product manager and you're looking for product managers every other company needs product managers there therefore every other company is a competitor not just big product manager companies if there's such a thing Uh, if you're looking for a cloud devops you're looking for a data scientist every company is your competition because every company at this point needs data scientists and and cloud devops people they need developers and people who know the cloud and people who know architecture and people who know data and people who know algorithms and experimentation and all this other amazing stuff everybody needs it this is the same process about 15 years ago when everybody figured out oh you mean it people don't just work for microsoft they work at hospitals and they work at manufacturing companies and they work at warehouses, they work everywhere. Yes, IT people are everywhere. They're needed at every single company. We're about to enter the same world. So to say when you need a data scientist, let's see, who are the the big data science companies in town? Those are our competition. No, no, that's just the obvious ones. There's plenty of other companies who are looking for data scientists who are stealing people out out from under you, left, right, and center. Why? Because you don't know your why you don't know why someone will work for you relative to any one of those other companies you know in a, in a time when if you said i'm looking for a cloud devops and let's go back 50, 20 years back to the days when google was just a, a, a cool idea but it was really all about microsoft your, your competition was microsoft and you said if i need to hire a developer how do i do be different than microsoft and that's easy because you just have to be different than microsoft microsoft is neither good nor bad even back then when it was monopolizing and doing naughty things um they weren't a good company or bad company they were a company and they were hiring smart people and they were paying them and they were offering opportunities to do things now for those of you who read the book microsurfs which is one of my favorite books of all time by douglas copeland you know these are people who become semi-obsessed with things they tend to not go home they tend to work on the weekends they tend to uh, sleep at their desks. They tend to order in at two in the morning for food to keep grinding something out to fix a bug to, you know, to solve a uh, solve a problem or to uh, build a feature. That's what Microsoft is all about. So if you were looking for a dev, all you had to do was saying we're not them. Not because it's better or worse, because it's different. There was a single shining light in the dev world, and you said we're different from them in some capacity. That was a much easier game to play than it is today when every single company needs a developer and you need to come up with a why that is not only different from the big gorillas in the world, but is different from everybody. And then, because there's so much more companies out there and so much news out there and so much information so much noise out there, your why doesn't have to just be there. It has to be obvious. It has to stand out in the crowd of this amazing crowded market. That's hard. Oh my goodness, that is a huge problem. That is a huge issue for you have to solve in the employer brand space, which is why almost no one's doing it great. Handful of companies not gonna name names, but almost nobody's doing it great because it's incredibly hard. Because if you're a company of any kind of size, the why is hard to kind of nail down. Can you have a why that makes sense for your front-end operations people, your warehouse people, your customer service people, your sales people, your dev people, your HR people, your accountants, your whatever? I don't know. Ask a Patagonia. They have two things they care about. They care about getting your butt outside and making sure you understand why you should be outside. And that's true for everybody. And you know how I know that? Because Black, I don't know, was it Black Friday, they closed. That was REI. Sorry, I'm getting REI and Patagonia mixed up. But again, same idea. Patagonia did something recently too, and I'm going to blank on what it is. I apologize, Patagonia fans, but you'll you'll remind me. But REI, did, you know, they said we're all about being a family. Go outside. <coughs> so when Black Friday came by the day after Thanksgiving when all the crazy sales are, they said, no, we're, going, we're closing shop and we're sending all our people home and we're asking them to go outside. That's how much we know why we exist and how much we live our brand. And we don't care if you're the president, the vice president, the head of whatever, or the f- person who folds shirts. Everybody go outside. That's a brand, my friends. That is, my, that is a real brand. It permeates everything they do. It's a why. It's a it's a brand That allows them to say hmm should we sell cubicles should we sell fluorescent lighting should we sell air conditioning units well gosh i bet we could find a way to make some money doing it probably pretty good money we got a great brand name recognition i bet we could leverage that and sell cubicle furniture and fluorescent lights and air conditioning units and other things that have nothing to do with the outside but it's not part of the brand and they're going to walk away in fact they're not even going to show up to the meeting let alone walk away that's how much they know and understand their brand and so many companies are so terrified that they're grasping at straws they'll grasp at any idea of what they can do next (coughs) that they don't try to see how it connects to their why and that's to their failing I'm not saying they all fail, certainly not but it makes it a lot harder especially to compete especially in a world where a million companies are hiring cloud devops and you are too how do you stand out? what makes you different it's not the salary let's can we can we yes yeah, salary matters and i won't pretend that it won't i put a thing on blind the other day and i said look if if every dev person every software developer got paid the exact same regardless of company what would you do almost none of them said they'd stay at their current job so they're staying purely for the paycheck because either they think they're making the most they can make now or the cost of moving is too high, i.e losing out on options, investing opportunities and bonus structures and blah 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 blah. Um, they're there for the money. So clearly money matters. I mean money matters a lot. You can't pay your mortgage you ha- it's hard <laughs> it's hard out there without any money. I don't think I have to tell anybody that this should not be a shock. It's just in. Money makes things a little easier. Really. You're, you don't say. But money's not everything. Because the second you can say to these people, let's pretend the money is the same wherever you go, they're all walking away. They're all saying, I'm going to make a startup. I'm going to go join a nonprofit. I'm going to go teach. I'm going to go teach people how to code. I'm going to go um, solve a water problem. I'm coughing again. They wanted to do something that in their mind mattered not put another feature in an accounting software that made it easier for every 500,000th data line entry to be a little smoother i'm making that up i don't know who who these people are but let's be fair for big big companies how many software problems are there to solve left are there really to solve left there aren't too many problems left so therefore they're probably solving the wrong problem which makes people feel like ugh why am i doing this why am i building the software that nobody cares about that no one's ever going to use that sucks. Yeah, I'm getting paid, but ugh, sucks. They want to go make a difference. They want to embrace a why, and you haven't given them a why. I think I mentioned this a uh, podcast or two. I don't think the SEAL team, SEAL team six or whatever, has any problems getting recruits. They throw away a huge number of applicants, not because they pay really well, but because they have a brand. We are the best of the best regardless of whether they are or not that's that's their brand we will push you beyond any recognition of your understanding of what it is to be pushed we will find out where you crack that's a hell of a brand being a teacher no one's doing it for the money (laughs) i mean again they like to pay rent and all that but nobody joined education because they said this is how i'm gonna get rich if they did, that was disappointing, especially here in the U.S. Um, they have a mission. They have a why. They have a why that matters to them, and they found a way to focus on the why more than the money. Now, I started this by saying, I asked, if, you know, what would developers do if all the money was the same? Because let's be fair, when it comes to developers, everybody's trying to make the money the same. There are companies and teams inside of large companies who do nothing but look at other companies and see what they're paying their people and saying, okay, how do we compete? How do we stand up? Are we in the middle? Are we in the back? Or are we in the front? And their job is to be somewhere in the middle to be quote unquote competitive so that their offer gets heard. So if it's your company fighting against Facebook for some talent, they don't just go, yeah, but it's Facebook. They have all the money in the world. and just pouring it on me. I'm in a hundred dollar bill shower. It's wonderful. And you're not. But it turns out if you pay the same and by the way all these industries are trying to pay roughly the same with the exception of one or two and we'll talk about that in a second if the money is going to be the same or it's certainly going to plateau plateau out the same it what matters the most is not the money the matters is is the why okay let me let me ask you a question everybody wants to work at google and facebook right that's what the surveys say that's what everybody says they want to be a developer at facebook and google They've got the credibility, they've got the history, they got the Zuck, they got the Sergey, they got all everything everybody wants from a developer standpoint. They got the resources, they're doing cool stuff, they're willing to experiment, blah, 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 blah. Why are they almost always the top paying company? If they're giving you every other reason to work there, if they're giving you time to build amazing things and they're giving you scale and they're giving you access and they're giving you the coolest offices in in you know in the known universe and and all the food you want and frankly you could probably live at their office free in fact i think i heard about someone who was living in their office at one of these big companies for months at a time um why do they have to pay you the most if people want to work there and let's be fair the number of people who apply and get Uh, an interview at Google is massive and they get filtered out pretty hard. It's like applying to Harvard. Um, If there's so much demand for that, there's so much supply of talent for that, why is the cost so high? Basic economics say if the supply of talent is so much more than the demand, the the, the, the dollar signs go down. And yet somehow the dollar signs go up. And here's why. Facebook and Google and a couple of other big name companies, I don't have to say who they are, you know, they make a lot of money. What they've said is we make so much money. Our AdWords, our Facebook ads, our text ads, our this, our that, our warehouses make so much ungodly amount of money that we want to play a game where money matters most because no one can outspend us. There are nations of the world who could not spend <laughs> outspend us. <laughs> they make so much money. They create so much money. They might, That's what they've decided to do. They're going to make the game about money because that's a game they win. Now, Chances are, you're going to lose that game because you're not one of these big companies. I think, maybe you are. Maybe that. Maybe congratulations. Maybe you get to just throw money at the problem and you're going to win. I'd like to see you keep going doing that because what's going to happen is, is there's a whole other slew of companies coming up who have enough money to pay in a competitive rate and know that they're competitive are not trying to win the game. They're just trying to compete. But they're winning the game on the why. Why this company instead of your company? That is is the problem worth solving. Knowing the why is what matters. So with that, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Hopefully this was, uh, I actually recorded this one twice, so I think I I nailed the second one. Hopefully this was worth it for you. Um, If you enjoyed it, please review us on iTunes and Google and all that other good stuff. Otherwise, I can almost guarantee i will be back next week because I missed doing this. It was weird not doing this, which says a lot about me, I think. So um, share it around, let people know. If you need someone to speak at conferences, let me know if you—I uh, don't know—you want to ask questions. I'd love to solve your problems on the air or whatever the air of this is for a podcast. Send it our way. You know how to find us. The Twitter is at the War for Talent, or our website is thetalentcast.com. I'll talk to you next. Talk at you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah.